anyway, man, I'm just excited. So yeah, let's pray and we'll jump right in. Um, oh, Chad, what's up, man? Miss you too, bro. Uh, I'll try to stay on some of the comments and whatnot um, as we go. Uh, oh, appreciate that, Ryan. Yeah, I turned the gain up a little bit. So um, like I said, just still trying to tweak it out. But as far as like the camera looks good. So yeah, man, let's jump in this testimony, man. It's just been blowing me away at the mercy of the Lord. Uh, my heart is that it will just free you up and bless you um, and strengthen you. And actually, uh, a dear friend um, and fellow leader and whatnot here in our church, Jennifer Miller, she shared, uh, I was actually right in the middle of studying the first Sunday, and she shared uh, this some of this revelation with me. It just unlocked so much, just fresh wind from the Holy Spirit on the scriptures and really opened up the life of Samson. And what I want to do is encourage you you know, as we go through this to go back and just read, I think it's like three or four chapters, the life of Samson, uh, and just read his story. I'm going to kind of, uh, just go through it and give you a snippet of it. I'm not going to read all those chapters to today. This is more going to be like a quick encouragement exhortation, um, word. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just going to kind of highlight some stuff and then, uh, I, I, but I do encourage you to go back and read the whole story. So Anyway, let's pray, and we'll jump right in. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you would come and unlock the scriptures to us. God, you are the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and you reveal knowledge of yourself. God, show us Jesus in every part of the word, every scripture that we mention here this morning. Show Jesus, show his nature his heart, and what he did on the cross. Reveal Christ to us, the hope of glory, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, let you receive glory and honor and praise uh, through all of this. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Whew. All right, so yeah, a couple of highlights, man, about Samson. It's very interesting. Uh, as I was reading this, the Lord really just started speaking to me, and I've heard a lot of messages um, on Samson just over the years and different things like that, different uh, points a lot of it though really of his mistakes and uh, you know things to watch out for the spirit of Delilah and you know things warnings of people falling in and stuff like that which I think you know with all of scripture there's multiple layers of revelation I'm not saying that you know what I'm about to share is is the only revelation or the only um, lens to see it in uh, but but again as scripture is it's multi-layered multi-faceted and the more we read it and stuff God just unlocks truths about himself and and the people in the Bible. Uh, but it really just, man, this jumped out at me. It just broke my heart, man. And it just uh it just began to open up just the the faithfulness of God. And it was pretty interesting because right before this I actually had an encounter with the Lord um, in my secret uh place time where I just, I went into a vision and I saw just the fiery eyes of Jesus. It was all I could see. I couldn't see anything else. It was just the fiery eyes of God. And he was just staring at me. And man, when I, he was staring at me, he was staring at my spirit. He was staring through me to the inner man, to the Christ in me, that redeemed person. Uh, and I just really felt, man, the faithfulness of God, the the steadfastness of God, even in the moments of 
of just all my failures, all my mistakes, all my triumphs, all of it was just blown away by God's faithfulness and, you know, even my obedience or lack thereof in moments just blown away and blinded by the splendor of his faithfulness and his glory. And, um, and I really then again went to open up this, um, book on judges and in into Hebrews and whatnot in this story of Samson and God just breathed life on it. And so I want to share with you guys and hopefully it will do the same. It will bring life. Many of you I feel, you know, there's delayed destiny and it's it's based more on what you believe about God in yourself than it even is on, you know, disobedience or tragedy or things and whatnot that has happened to you, situations that have happened to you that were outside of your control and even situations that were um, inside of your control and and based off your own decisions. You know, the Bible, it's very clear we reap what we, we sow, but um, man, I just want to point out the calling and destiny of God is without repentance. And, and really, I don't see that highlighted in, in, in any of greater way than in the life of Samson and what the Bible has to say about him. I know he's looked... Um, down on a lot in scripture, especially, um, you know, his promiscuity, his sexual sin, um, breaking the vows of God. But I, I feel like there's a bigger story here um, about a bigger God. Amen. And so I just want to highlight for you real quick, a couple of things that happened to Samson. And I feel like many of us can really actually relate to this. You know, first and foremost, Samson's called by God. Um, matter of fact, his parents received the message in the same similar manner as uh, Mary and Joseph receive the message that Christ would be born. Um, they, an angel visits them and tells them about their son that God's going to anoint, God's going to use, he's going to be a Nazarite, holy unto God from birth. If you remember, it's super interesting uh, as well in this story because the angel comes only to the mother at first, which is the same thing that happens to Mary with Jesus. The angel comes right to the woman first, and then later comes and appears to the man and is like, nope, yep, this is for sure of me. And actually, it's interesting because in the story of Samson, she, he appears to uh, the woman and then the wife, and then the wife has to go get the husband, bring him um, to the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus, you know, the angel of the Lord. And so uh, he ends up prophesying what what's going to happen and and so, yeah, Samson's born and starts his life out, you know, with all kinds of purpose, destiny, mighty man of God, anointed, a judge, a man of authority, a leader, ruler of his day, a man of position and renown. Um, it's really what he's been called to uh, and what God has decided would be his lot. You know, it's God sovereignly chose this man and decided to um, to to predestine him, the Bible says, since the foundation of the earth, to walk in this calling. And so, um, again, a couple highlights from his life. First and foremost, Samson, you know, young man, grows up in the anointing, grows up, knows God's on him. He ends up falling in love. and uh, But he falls in love with a pagan woman, a Philistine at the time. And this is actually um, outside of God's commands in the time and what God desires and what God commanded the people Israel, you know, outside of, uh, or sorry, God commanded the people of Israel through Moses. And this is outside of that paradigm. Like this is a violation of God's command. Yet the Bible clearly says that it was actually of God's design, which is super interesting, but that's a, that's a whole nother message, man. Uh, but it, literally it was God's design. It says God's hand was in it. 
that he would end up marrying this, this pagan woman who, again, this Gentile, who originally God said, you know, don't do it. Um, and so it was very interesting. But he falls in love with this woman. Um, during this time, he breaks one of his, his vows, which is to not touch a dead thing. Um, and he touches it. It's interesting because he sees something in it that seems that it's sweet to taste. How many of us have fallen victim to that, to the enticement of sin, the, the temptation of the devil in our lives, if we're honest? I mean, many of us have done it, whether it be a movie we watch, as simple as that, you know, one or too many beers, you know, whatever your thing was. I mean, whichever way you want to wrap it, we can all relate to this thing. It's a dead thing. You know, the Bible calls us to repent from dead works, right, and repent to God. But sometimes, man, they seem sweet to taste. And we look at it and we're like, ooh, but I desire that even though it's a dead thing. And many of us have been enticed by that. The Bible talks about the sins that so easily uh, entangle us, you know. And so many of us can relate to Samson being enticed to to do something, you know, God clearly told him not to do uh, a vow specifically for his life, not to break. But he does then. Then he goes on to marry this woman shortly after this he marries this pagan that he's absolutely in love with the bible is actually very clear about that it's not always clear it's interesting um you'll read of people getting married um often in the bible and it's not always super clear whether they were in love or not sometimes it does go out of its way to say it but sometimes they get married and it doesn't go out of its way to say it but for samson it goes out of his way to say samson was very much in love with this this pagan woman he he marries, um, yet she takes this love that he has for her and begins to manipulate him and press him. A matter of fact, the Bible says specifically for seven days nonstop, she used his love and pressed him and manipulated him in order to betray him on behalf of her people. And so she actually ends up manipulating him into revealing a secret to her um, because he had this, this kind of thing going on, this riddle going on. Uh, with her people that, you know, would benefit him if they didn't get it, uh, but would benefit them if they did. And she ends up using this love and his feelings for her to press and manipulate him to yield to this, to bless her people um, and really betray her husband. And, and again, he does go on to do that. I mean, how many of us could relate to that? Uh, I don't know about you, but it's happened to me. I, I know I can't name a person I don't know that has had at some point their feelings or um, their care, concern, or even their just good nature uh, used against them. I mean, so many of us have fallen short in that uh, we just, you know, care about someone and they take advantage of it or, or whatnot. It's just, it's just one of the things of walking in this, this life and just dealing with the ebbs and flows and, and different relationships. So anyway, he then goes on um, because uh, Samson was a man of his word, even, even though, uh, the Bible, you know, or sorry, I would say many people preach that he wasn't, you know, because he, he broke his vow to God. But you can see his heart is to be at least, let's say it that way, his heart is at least to be a man of his word. And so he goes on and he, he keeps his word and he goes and um, slays a bunch of people, takes the garments, brings them back to her people, even though it was done through manipulation, it was done through betrayal. Um, she convinces him to, um, you know, or anyway, convince him to give the secret and she betrays him. And then therefore he has to pay this, this fine or whatever, this, this amount that he agreed to. He goes up, keeps his word, even in the midst of betrayal, goes and does this. Uh, yeah, ministry in a whole, you're right, Chad. Uh, goes and, and, and does this for, um, for them, fulfills his word, keeps his word, 
comes back, man, and realizes when he gets back, goes back, pays his vow, comes back, tries to go in and see his wife. And what happens to the dude? His father-in-law gives his wife to marry his best man, his companion. It says his companion, meaning, by the way, his friend. Not only his friend, but his best man. And what's wild to me is his best man marries her. His best man marries her, sorry. Like, that blows and baffles my mind. This dude, his wife manipulates him, betrays him. He's like, I'm still going to keep my word. Comes back now, his father-in-law, and like, dude, Samson was, again, a man of renown, authority, position. You know, he wasn't a scrub, Samson. You know, this dude was legit, anointed, called by God, had had clout in the area. And the father-in-law, what's he do? Takes him, takes his wife, gives it to his best friend. And like I said, the best friend marries her like, whoa, talk about betrayal, woundedness, brokenness. Talk about, you know, uh, hurting his heart, breaking his heart. Talk about going through some trauma, man. How many of us have been there, betrayed, traumatized by the casualties of life? Again, sure, is some of this stuff that Samson's been dealing with, has he done of his own making? Absolutely. But a lot of this, you know, has been done to him. Uh, a lot of stuff, and I think sometimes, again, when we read this side of Samson, he yeah, had scrub, yeah, he wasn't no scrub. Uh, I think a lot of times when we read Samuel, we read Judges, and we read this, or sorry, Samson, this story of Samson, we miss this, this reality that Samson had a lot of stuff done to him. He had a lot of tragedy. Man, he's in love with this girl. She takes his feelings, manipulates him, uses him, pressures him. Then his father-in-law marries her off to his best friend. His best friend marries her. Like, my God, talk about trauma. So then Samson walks out his calling right after this, still in the calling of God, the presence of God still coming upon him, the spirit coming upon him. Samson walks out the call of God and destroys Philistines, right? That's what he goes on to do. He goes on to fulfill the call that God has called him to do, and he starts destroying the Philistines, which again, if you remember when, uh, when he married this woman in the first place, the Bible says, again, I want you to go back and read all these chapters, um, the Bible says that it was actually um, a God's intent for him to do this because God's hand was in it to destroy the Philistines. And you're like, wait a second. So this whole journey, God knew what happened. Yep, sure enough. And so it just, again, some of us don't like to hear that, but but it's the truth. And so, again, some of us sit back and look at Samson and be like, bro, what were you thinking? Marrying a pagan, this and that. What were you doing? You know, you probably should have picked a better best friend. He goes off and marries your girl. But the Bible's very clear. It says God's designed it all. You know, it's very clear, super interesting. So it goes on, destroys the Philistines, right? Then this decision to walk in the call of God, I want you to understand that his decision to walk in the call of God then result, and still loves his wife, by the way, wants her back, but this result to walk in the call of God, uh, sorry, this decision to walk in the call of God then results in the Philistines taking and burning his father-in-law and his uh, wife alive. So, again, think about that. Now, I want you to just, again, have some empathy. Have some empathy. Put yourself in, yeah, nothing surprises God. Daniel, you're right. Think about this. Put yourself in Samson's shoes for a minute. Again, in love, let's recap. In love, chick manipulates you, right? Betrays you. You still go out, fulfill your word, come back. Her dad marries her off to your best friend. Your best friend marries your, your wife, you know, come on now. And then 
you walk in the call of God, and the result of that is they burn this woman you still love. He still wanted her, and you, he still loved her. Like I, I think sometimes, again, we're like, oh, she betrayed him, but he stopped feeling the way he felt. He didn't. The Bible's very clear about that. How many of us have been in that shoe, man? Have we been in those shoes? Like, come on. We've been there a million times. Somebody hurts us, wounds us, but there's still that soul tie. There's still that love, that concern. And, and, and again, man, I don't know anybody that would go through that stuff and just be okay. You know, and you got to think this is old covenant. The Holy Spirit's coming upon him, not inside of him. He does not have Christ living in him. The, the hope of glory is not been revealed the the mystery has not been revealed he's not been made new so you know having the patience kindness goodness gentleness self-control that the holy spirit does in us by default by living inside of this samson doesn't have that so let's put that in perspective right so then the dude goes on right all right after this wife dies um god then empowers him again to uh, the spirit comes upon him he goes out he fulfills his call kills ton of dudes with the jawbone of a donkey, right? Slays them. We all remember that part of the story. So then he goes out and he calls out to God. He gets exhausted from the call of God. He's exhausted from all the trauma he's been through. Think about that. He's exhausted from everything he's just been through. Still, though, fulfilling the call of God. He still believes the word of the Lord. That's the one thing um, we're going to highlight about Samson. And I just want to take a moment to highlight it here is even in the midst of all the trauma and all the pain and all that's happened, Samson still believes in the word of the Lord on his life. He's still not, not, he doesn't believe in even his ability. Obviously he's made some poor choices. He's had some bad things happen to him, but he believes in the grace of God on his life. The call of God, the word that was spoken to his mom and dad by the Lord himself, right? Been anointed, appointed, sent out. He still believes the word of God doesn't give up. So he goes out and he's, he's literally distraught, broken, bruised, all that cries, the Bible says he cries out to God, and what does God do? God brings water out of the rock. Come on. Just like he did in the wilderness for the Israelites. He brings the water out of the rock, which we know speaks to Jesus. He goes in the place, the secret place, and he drinks of the living water, speaking of Christ, and he gets renewed. The Bible says it strengthened him. Then what does the cat do? Well, he's still traumatized. <laughs> You're like, wait, but I thought he encountered God. He did, man. And do, does encounters with God heal us? Sure, they do, but it's not always a one-off thing. Like, that's what you got to realize. Like, man, we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what the will of God is. This thing is a process, and we need to realize that. And he encounters the Lord. I mean, the Lord moves in such a supernatural way. Spirit of God comes on him, slays these dudes. I think it's a thousand with a jawbone of a donkey. Goes into the wilderness. God brings water out of the rock, restores him, right? But the dude's still been through a lot. He's been traumatized. Life's beat him up, you know. People have betrayed him. And so what does he do? Well, you know, the man is, is, is now been married. He's been intimate with a woman. He knows what sex is like. He's, he's tasted and seen what that is. And he gets, he gets um, enticed, the Bible says, uh, obviously shows, portrays that he gets enticed by lust. And he goes in and he sleeps with a whore. And he sleeps with a harlot, the Bible says. He goes into a harlot. And I know a lot of us think that's Delilah, but it's not. Um, there's actually a clear distinction. I would go back and and reread that. I know that a lot of movies portray it that way, but it's actually not. It's a different, a different woman. He sleeps with her, and then, but it's crazy because a lot of us would be like, well, bro, you're disqualified. You know, you straight up already touched a dead thing. God told you not to. You married a pagan woman. God commands us not to do that. 
uh, you know, God's been using you. That's great. You've been through trauma. That's great. I understand. But now you've gone, you've slept with a prostitute. You are disqualified, man. But I'm telling you this faithful God, even when we're faithless, he's faithful. And what happens? It literally says Samson walks out of being with this whore, right? They find out he's there. He's sleeping with this whore. They find out he's in the town, his enemies. They try to come in and take him out. And it literally, it, the Bible portrays it like this. He sleeps with a whore. He walks out. And what happens? The spirit of God comes on him again. And he literally rips off the, the gates of the city and starts just hammering the enemies again. Like they can't touch this dude. The call of God. You could not stop the call of God on his life. And again, many would say, well, the call of God is, is without repentance. It is. But I'm telling you, Samson had something else. He still believed in the word of the Lord. He still believed, even in his shortcomings, even in his trauma, he still believed in the call of God in his life. So the story doesn't, the story doesn't, um, doesn't end there. Doesn't end there. You know, and now he slept with a prostitute. Now look, he travels along, and what happens? He finds another woman he falls in love with. So he's kind of like, listen, and I know Delilah gets a bad rap, and rightfully so. She, I mean, there's a lot of wicked stuff. Samson gets a bad rap. I don't know. But, but listen, listen to this, though. Think about it this way. Have empathy. And again, this is the revelation I believe the Lord um, released to me. You know, the Bible says that God searches the hearts and the minds. Nobody knows but God. God looks on the inside, not the outward appearance of the man. God looks on the inside. And I want you to think about this. Let's recap one more time, okay? Samson, okay, marries a woman he loves, manipulated, betrayed by her, okay? Then goes and fulfills his vow, even though he was, you know, to, to pay what he said he would pay, even though he's betrayed, comes back, father-in-law, marries his wife off to his best friend. Best friend marries his wife, okay? Then fulfills the call of God, destroys the Philistines, and because of this, now his wife, the woman he loved, who he wanted back, he was going to take her back, even though she'd been married off to his, his best friend, was going to take her back. Now she, her, the father-in-law and her burned alive, right? And then he has a great battle, encounters the Lord, falls victim, goes in you know, to sin, goes into the prostitute, still sees a mighty victory. God still uses his life after that. And then boom, what happens? Now he, 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 his heart, right, looks and sees another woman. Now it had to be a big deal. If anybody's been through breakups, anybody ever been divorced, anybody ever been with anybody, you know, in this day and age, maybe you have a kid by somebody you're not with. I mean, wherever it's at, you know, I, I, I mean, I've been through a ton myself, no judgment here. But I want you to think about that. If you've ever been that intimately connected with someone, you've been in love, you know what that trauma's like, man, to rush back in into a relationship, you know, you have somebody that betrays you, wounds you, you've been through all this, you've been through trauma. You know, it's like if you've been in a major car wreck and like people are telling you, hey, get back in the car. And you're like, bro, I'm not getting anywhere near that car. Like the last time I was in that car, it jacked me up. It tore me up. I was beat up. I'm not getting back in that car. You're not real just quick to fall in love. You know, we often portray it like Samson just couldn't keep his, you know, hands to himself. But it doesn't say that about Delilah. It says he's in love with her. He, as I was saying prior, think about that now. Again, if you've been through uh, some kind of terrible breakup, you've been through some kind of relational trauma, uh, it's like getting back into uh, a car after you've been in a car wreck. I mean, this thing in our soul, it doesn't just, you know, sometimes overnight, it doesn't just heal. Sure, can God come in and sovereignly do it, 
do it and sure does he at times absolutely um but if we're honest most of us it's a process and we walk through again trusting people again and here's samson being just beat up man just beat to heck really by life his own decisions the decisions of others but yet he sees another woman delilah and he decides again man okay i'm gonna open up my heart one more time I'm going to fall in love with her. He's like, but this time he's probably thinking in his mind. I know we see him like just go live with her basically without marrying her. But if we're honest this time, he's probably like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to rush into that marriage thing again. I want to just kind of see how this works out. And man, we see this play out everyday life uh, in, in 2021. We see this happen all the time. People living together and whatnot, totally not sanctioning that, condoning that. But I just, again, let us have a little empathy about what he's been through, maybe what others have been through and the trauma and things that, that sometimes, man, we just don't know what people have been through. We don't know. I don't know what you've been through. You don't know what I've been through, like a why people make decisions and, and whatnot and things like that and what leads to it. And, it. and again, it certainly doesn't make an excuse nor give permission to it, but it does allow us to have a little bit of empathy. I mean, this dude has been broken, beaten, jacked up by everybody he's ever loved. You know, he's been broken and jacked up by betrayed, lost, you know, had them burned alive. I mean, think about that, trying to process all that, um, that stuff. And so he finally is like, man, I'm going to open my heart up again, falls in love with Delilah. And what ends up happening? She betrays him same way his wife did. She begins to manipulate him, begins to pressure him this time for money, you know, not even just for her people. But but money's again involved. Riches were involved both times. But she's like, yep, they're like, we'll pay you all this silver. Um, you know, it sounds like somebody else we know betrayed by, uh, for the price of silver, um, you know, Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. But anyway, so, um, gets betrayed. She manipulates him, uh, pushes him again. Uh, man, it's just like, I think it was seven days again, something like that. Just pressures him constantly, takes his love and, and even uses the words. The Bible clearly says and uses the words like, well, if you loved me, you would do this for me, man. How many people have been played and manipulated and used and traumatized by those words i have i know i'm sure there's many of you have you know just being transparent and honest all of us have been through that at some point or, or another and here's this guy man he's like i'm just looking for love you know like i just want love maybe i'm looking in the wrong places but like i just want to you know i want love and she manipulates him and and uses it against him and gives him over to his enemies again and so, again, should Samson have told her about his hair? Probably not. But how many of us, again, um, because somebody made us feel safe, they made us feel secure, we've opened up and shared our most intimate secrets and then had that then used against us. I mean, come on. How many of you can relate with that? Be real. Be honest with yourself. I'm, I'm sure there's many of us, maybe even every person on this live has had that done uh, at one point or another. Um, been betrayed by someone that they're most intimate with, the person that they're supposed to trust the most. And she ends up turning him over to his enemies. And what happens then? They take him, you know, obviously she cuts his hair, his strength lifts, his covering is messed up. Uh, that's what the hair speaks of, a covering is damaged. And they end up taking him, they bind him up in chains, pluck the dude's eyes out, okay, force him to do slave labor and be a spectacle the Bible says that he had to then perform for them. So they literally made him like the court jester. So here is the man of God, anointed, appointed, called by God, the prophetic word on our life. The Bible says from the angel of the Lord, capital H, he, which means is Jesus. The Lord himself brings the word to, uh, to his mom and dad about him, prophetic call, 
anointed, powerful man of God, traumatized his whole life, beat up, wounded, jacked up, been through everything, but still remaining faithful to believe the word of the Lord on his life, still trying to operate, fulfill the call of God regardless. Many people would have told him, bro, you need to quit while you're ahead. You've been disqualified, throw in the towel, you know, but Samson still believed God and believed the word of the Lord, falls in love again, gets manipulated, beat up, enemies taken, plucks out his eyes, all this stuff, man, the dude, you want to talk about damaged. You want to talk about traumatized. I mean, I don't know a person alive that's been through what he's been through at this point in his life. I mean, everything's taken from him. I mean, he's got a, like, you want to talk about having, uh, uh, suicidal thoughts or, or, you know, all these things that should come at someone in a situation. And again, not full of the Holy spirit, not full of presence, not full of peace, you know, but then what happens? Um, there he is again in all this losing everything, no eyes, no nothing, and his hair begins to grow back. His covering begins to be restored, and he remembers the call of God on his life, and he cries out to God, and he says, Lord, if one more time you'll come upon me, if one more time you'll, you'll put your spirit on me, he's like, I'll, I'll destroy your enemies. I'll take them out. They're literally sitting there worshiping a false God, all this stuff. God sets them up, and what ends up happening? The Lord hears his cry, hears his prayer, and listen, he don't even want to live. He don't even care about his life anymore. He's literally not begging God, God, come rescue me, take me out of this. He's saying, I don't even want to live anymore. Matter of fact, let it kill me. But let me fulfill the word of that your word on my life. S come and sustain me, empower me once more so that I could fulfill the spoken word over my life, your destiny, your calling, your purpose on my life. One more time, God, come upon me. Let me fulfill what you've spoken. And the Lord hears his prayer because, man, the Lord is faithful. And comes upon him, what happens? He ends up pushing the pillars down, and it says that more died in Samson's death than ever throughout his life. God was able to do more with Samson through Samson in his weakest moment than he ever was throughout his whole life. I want you to think about that. So many of us look at our lives and we're like, man, I'm weak, I'm busted, I'm disgusted, I've made so many mistakes, I've done this, God will never use me, God can't do anything through my life, I'm irredeemable. Or we look at others, point the finger, judge at them, man, you, did you hear what they did, you know what they've done, God can't use them, you know, and we sit there and we judge people, but look what God did through the life of Samson, and not only that, uh, I really, again, I want to I land with this, not only that, but let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11 real quick. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 30 through 40. I want to land with this. It's super, this is really, man, I, all this was great. All the revelation God began to spoke to me. But when I read this, I literally began to weep. Um, when I read what heaven has to say about Samson. Uh, because you and I, you know, think about that now. Think about it, whether it be your pastor, whether it be an a current day evangelist leader, give them the testimony of, uh, give them the testimony of Samson. I mean, just do it. Right now, anybody in your mind, pick your favorite preacher, speaker, anything like that. Give them the, the testimony of Samson. You're like, bro, scandal. Like literally his life is riddled with scandal, trouble, trauma, pain, hurt, woundedness. And we're looking at the sin and God's, man, God's looking at something different. God's looking at Samson's heart. God's looking at that no matter what, Samson believed the word of the Lord. You say, man, where are you getting that from? I'm going to show you right now. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30 through 40. Listen to this. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. 
By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson, there he's lifted, listed, and Jepheth, also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Man, Samson killed the lion, remember? Caught him, ripped him in half. Samson defeated his enemies, quenched violence, listen to this, was weak but yet made strong by God, was tortured but did not accept it. Listen, that he might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, of chains and imprisonment, Samson went through all those. Were stoned, were sawn in two, were tempted, Samson went through that. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. You know, many of us would read the story of Samson and say, bro, you brought all this on yourself. But the Bible reads the testimony of Samson and says, we're not actually worthy of someone like Samson. That the world is not worthy of a man like Samson. That's the lens in which the Lord is looking at him. Let's read on. It says this, they wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us the Bible says that test that that Samson's testimony was good the Bible doesn't look back and see uh or sorry heaven eternity doesn't look back and see the scandal eternity doesn't look back and see the whore he went into Heaven doesn't, eternity doesn't look back and see Delilah. Heaven looks back and sees a man that regardless of what life threw at him, regardless of how many times he fell, he got back up again believing the word of the Lord and believing the promise that would come, believing that Christ would come. He had it in his heart. The Bible says he had faith in his heart. And through this, when we're, we were made per perfect by Christ, the shedding of Christ's blood, that Samson was also included in that lot, that he was then made perfect by that sacrifice. I want you to think about that, that when the Bible reads those chapters in Judges, uh, sorry, God reads, eternity reads those, those chapters in Judges. It looks, in the lens of the Lord, looks and says, that's a good testimony. Good and faithful servant. I want you to think about that. Why? Not because Samson believed in himself. Not because Samson had the greatest record of obedience. I gave you multiple times Samson disobeyed. But because Samson believed God. Samson believed the word spoken to him. Samson had faith, not in himself, but in the faithful one. And here's the thing. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says this. It says that God is faithful even when we're faithless. Even when we're faithless, God is faithful. Even when you don't believe. Even when you don't believe in yourself. Even when you don't believe in your situation. There is a God who is remaining steadfast and faithful to you and watching over his word that he spoke 
to perform it. Listen, again, I don't know of a, a, an account of anybody else in the Bible more who, had, who through their actions would have disqualified themselves for the call of God. And so what's my point here? Listen, there's so many of you that have been through so many tragic things in your life. You've been through so many. You've made so many different, uh, poor, even poor decisions, sins, errors. Uh, you've gone and broken your vow. You've made vows to God and broken them. You've fallen victim to the manipulation of other people, whether it be love or, or um, just, just care and concern. You've been used by people. But listen, I want to encourage you this, this morning. I want to encourage you this afternoon to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Look to the faithful one. Stop looking at yourself. Look beyond yourself and look at him. His blood is enough to wipe away every single mistake and error. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. And if a man like Samson, losing everything, busted, disgusted, broke down, traumatized, abused, sinful man like Samson, it can be said about him that he had a good testimony. What can can it be said about you at the end of the age? What can it be said about you when you stand before Christ Jesus? Rise up and believe God. This is the work. Jesus said this. This is the work God has called you to, to, do, to do. Believe the one in, in whom he sent. Believe Jesus. Don't sit here and say, well, I believe in myself. Believe in Jesus. Believe in the power. Believe in the one who strengthens the weak. Believe in the one who, when Samson was so weak, blind, broken, haircut, lost his power, was able to cry out to a faithful God, and God was able to answer it and give him a good testimony. Believe in this God. Believe in God and the one he sent. Believe in Jesus. Faithful and true. Believe in him. Don't let the past hold you back. Don't let your current situation hold you back. Don't let your trauma hold you back. Press forward. Press on to lay hold of that which Christ has laid hold of you. Receive your reward and your good testimony in Christ Jesus. Amen. I pray this has blessed you. Listen, I pray that you feel empowered and strengthened. Not a pat on the back. We're not... We're not sanctioning sin here. That's not what we're doing. But what we're doing is pointing you to a bloody stained cross and saying it is enough. We're pointing you to a faithful God and saying he is able. He who began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Only believe. Only believe and do not deny his son.